welcome. Welcome to K-Drama School. I am going to discuss the show Queen Maker today, which is written by Moon Ji-young. I haven't seen a lot of shows written by Moon Ji-young. In fact, she hasn't written that many shows. There's a huge gap between the last couple of shows she's written and then Queen Maker. I don't know what she was doing for like that 10-year gap in between these shows, but Queen Maker's amazing. I thought it was like a really well-written political drama. Uh, it's got a little bit of thrill. Um, there's definitely like a fast-paced, action-oriented sort of movement on the show. So yeah, I was able to binge it real fast, real easy, super smooth. The first episode of Queen Maker begins with Cheryong caught in a public scandal for being abusive towards her staff members. Like somebody took a video of her as she's like throwing a fit while throwing stuff and yelling at people. Um, and just, you know, rumors of her being like very physically abusive and emotionally and mentally abusive gets leaked. And then she faces public backlash. And the mise-en-scene of Cheryong glaring up at the reporters, that is based on actual events that happened with a Korean uh, executive for Korean Air. Her name was Heather Cho, and she was glaring up at reporters when they were photographing her around the time that she got caught in a scandal for abusing flight attendants back in 2014. This was called the Nut Rage Incident, and it's the time when this VP at Korean Air, when she was sitting in her first class seat and the flight attendant brought her macadamia nuts, but they did not put it in this like porcelain bowl, which they were supposed to do. They just left it in the bag. And she threw such a fit that they had to turn the plane around. <laughs> so uh, she was, I don't know, like, I guess she was charged with disrupting air safety or whatever. And um, yeah, like Heather Cho, she is, of course... Uh, a Nepo baby. Uh, she is the daughter of Korean Air's CEO, Chu Yang Ho. And in 2019, reports of the Cho family's abusive behavior towards all of their staff members was reported. Um, and I read this on CNN, but allegedly employees that served the family specifically, they were given a 70-page manual on how to respond when these Cho family members start to be abusive. Like, I mean, hitting people or spitting or throwing vases at them, cursing at them, demoting them or firing them. I mean, like how to respond to that kind of behavior. Like they they were given an instruction manual on how to behave. And it was literally like, if that's happening to you, you have to stand there and take it. <laughs> These employees were instructed to just stand there and take it, to not react to pretend like everything's normal and fine, to literally go against all of your instincts to run away from the madness. Like that's what they're instructed to do, which is in a, in a way like no different from how <laughs> how students get treated in some of these uh, situations like I have, like I, I was also treated similarly, uh, how, I don't know, um, soldiers are expected to behave in a military setting okay so it's like i guess abuse in in korean culture is just so prevalent 
and so common and so normalized that people just don't know that they should not tolerate it and that they should fucking quit and sue and call them out, right? Um, So yeah, if you're handed a 70-page manual telling you not to react when your boss is throwing a vase at your head, um, that's a sign that you should quit. (laughs) That's a sign that you should not be there. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, this is this, this kind of stuff. It's based in reality. We're yes. Are we looking at a show? Are we looking at a TV show? Absolutely. It's fiction. It's absolutely fiction. But are some of these fictional tales based on reality? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Why else would it be there? If it didn't happen, okay, like it wouldn't be there, you know, (laughs) no matter how imaginative you want to be as a writer, no matter how creative you wish to be, it's like, oh, if there is an abusive authority figure in a show, yeah, they are, this villain is constructed out of some kind of truth, so to speak, but with that said, they also the show also does explore Chaeryoung's trauma and where her temper tantrums stem from, and of course it stems from it stems from child abuse and neglect, right? Which doesn't justify her behavior. No, it doesn't. None whatsoever. And uh, yeah, so the show is an exploration of not this family specifically. Of course, they fictionalize the Korean family and they call it Unsung Group. But the show is essentially following the through line of Tohi. I mean, Tohi is the protagonist. And who is Tohi? Tohi is the woman who serves the Unsung Group family hand and foot, completely committed to their their corporation. Okay, just like gives her absolute all and ensures that the family's public image is maintained. Okay, so Tohi is like the the PR head for this company. And because she lacks morals and because she ignores her self-dignity, she is rewarded by the family uh, with spoils like a Maserati. They give her a house. They give her a beefy salary. Okay, all the while... The family members literally talk shit to her face. <laughs> like there's this really hilarious scene when the chairwoman and the chairwoman's friend are like doing, you know, they're doing art, <laughs> right? And Toei's just there to like, you know, run an errand. But they start speaking to one another in really lousy French, you know, assuming that Toei doesn't understand what they are saying. Maybe she does, maybe she doesn't, but Tohi isn't an idiot. She knows that they're talking shit about her. And it's just such an interesting scene, right? Like how the mise-en-scene is using the French language, this European language that the wealthy elite acquired to signify that, oh, you know, like European languages are reserved for the elite. It's for the educated. It's for people who can afford to live abroad and study abroad and acquire these languages and return to Korea and talk shit in front of their subordinates to their face. Like as if they're cloaking or speaking in code when really they're not, right? They're being assholes. <laughs> they're being dicks, right? 
the show is uh, fascinating in how they they make Tohi the protagonist. Like, I mean, she starts out as this sort of like, is she going to be an anti-hero, right? But no, this is a show about Tohi as the protagonist who is on the mend. All right, like she's hit a wall after uh, a staff dies commit suicide on Tohi's watch because of something Tohi did, right? Well, I mean, Tohi isn't the only person. Of course, like, the woman was assaulted by the Eunsan group's son-in-law, but Tohi doesn't follow through on the complaint. Like, she does not... She doesn't do her due diligence on behalf of this young woman who was raped, right? So, what Tohi is doing is she's trying to get back her morals she's trying to get back her ethics she's trying to turn this ship around so it's really uh, an exploration of how does a woman change her life after walking on the dark side for a very long time and what she does is she goes to the total opposite she goes to this human rights attorney named ogyung suk right who is like she's you know an activist she does pro bono work. She stands up for, you know, part-time employees' rights, like middle-aged women's rights when they get fired for, you know, for for unfair reasons, okay? And she's like a, a woman who stands up for the little person, the little man, the little woman, okay? She's somebody who stands up for human rights for anybody who's been marginalized. And that's not, that wasn't Tohi's bag back in the day, like Tohi's thing, like her thing was kissing ass for the elite, running around for the elite. And she herself, you know, benefiting from the elite. That's what she was doing. But now she wants to do something totally different. And she wants to turn Oh Gyung Suk into the mayor of Seoul. Yes. I really love the actress who plays Oh Gyung Suk. Her name is Moon Sori. And she's a veteran actress in the Korean film industry and she doesn't really do a lot of television so this was this was a surprise this was a a pleasant surprise and it was interesting because Munsori really doesn't do a lot of tv in fact when I saw Munsori playing a supporting role on the school nurse files I was pretty surprised I'm like this isn't her thing like Munsori does you know art house films like she's an art house cinema actress you know I first saw Munsori in one of my favorite films by art house filmmaker Yi Chang Dong in a movie called Oasis, which she uh, starred alongside Seol Kyung Gu. And she won a lot of accolades and awards and recognition for that very bold performance. She also performed in Peppermint Candy with uh, Seol Kyung Gu. It was an Yi Chang Dong film. And she was, you know, quite amazing in that as well, even though her role was a lot smaller. And I've always admired Munsori for taking bold risks as an actress. She does a lot of indies, she does a lot of art house stuff, and she always like does like extreme roles that are very physically and mentally and emotionally taxing. So, you know, Munsori to me is like a definitely an like an artist. Yeah, I look at her as an artist. Whereas you know, we all know who Kim Hye is. I mean, she's like a K-drama queen, right? I mean, Kim Hye has that commercialized branding that wraps her up. But here she is. Here's Munsori playing with Kim Hye, like total indie on the one hand and then total commercial on the other hand. And these two worlds are coming together, right? And it's like it's like the show 
is aware of its meta message, of the meta co-creation that's taking place by casting Moon Sori with Kim Hye on a Netflix series. You know, like, I mean, the, the title of the show is Queen Maker, but there's like this parallel of a queen making that's occurring. It's like, oh, Kim Hye is already an established K-drama queen and let's usher Moon Sori in you know, to the, the K-drama world and turn her into a queen, right? This is like the, the queendom of Moon Sori's acting career happening on Queen Maker via Kim Hye's queen status, if that makes sense. Yeah. This is a Netflix exclusive and it's only available on Netflix, not on any Korean broadcasting or cable channels. And it's got this really fascinating balance of political thrill and drama, but also with like the mom drama. There is a little makjang quality to it in that, you know, they get messy, they get loud, they get ugly at times, but it's all done in a kind of a tasteful, sophisticated way. The show explores complex issues around feminism, career, and motherhood, also socio-cultural issues uh, related to state and political economy and ethics, and also related to marginalized identities in South Korea, like migrant workers who work for the Unsung Group family, but are abused. You know, like that South Asian woman who was, you know, like a nanny to this baby, and then she gets fired. Yeah. For, for what? For speaking Korean to the baby? I mean, that was her big offense. That's the one thing I really appreciate about Korean dramas is that a lot of K-dramas are really excellent at using middle-aged women stars as the lead, as the central figure to their stories. And the stories are always unique and weird and interesting. And that's not as common, I don't think in Hollywood or elsewhere. So I really appreciated Queenmaker for what it is. Today's guest is Connor Hangsleben. He is, well, he used to be an L.A. comedian. I guess he'll always be an L.A. comedian. But he is now based in Minnesota, which is where he is from, living in St. Paul. And he is a very, very funny comic. He's definitely a comedian I respect for his craft and his work. And uh, we have a really hilarious, fun time. So let's talk to Connor Hangsleben. All right, cool, 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 cool. Good to have you. So, you are back in Minnesota. What? Since when? Why did you leave? What happened? Since, since May, probably. No, so so like May, like I, I was like I left LA and I was just like like on the road a bit and I went I had a buddy that lived in Kansas City so I stayed with him for a month I was doing shows down there and then so I've been back here since like August really which it's been good I like it a lot happier than being in LA because I know it's like like you can't get any time out there and it sucks it's just like I'd work 12 hours a day in a fucking restaurant and then pay $15 a night to do open mics you know I mean it's it was annoying because like I was going on the road a lot for like a whole, like most of the pandemic. Right. So like I was never there. I'd go back for a yeah. week and it'd be nice. Like I'd see people yeah. and then I'd leave for a month straight sure. and then I'd get back there. And then, yeah. But then like that stopped, like I stopped yeah. opening for this dude and then it was three months there. I was just like working 
The 12, we're going to, uh, you know, fucking Dialogue Cafe. Yeah, I was working there from like eight to eight to five every single day. This is so fucking shitty. There's only server over five, two. Because all the other servers are Mexican dudes. So like, I'm the only one that get, would get yelled at because I'm the only person they can see. So managers will look from a window. They don't see Eduardo because he's fucking hidden. He's underneath an umbrella. He's in between the tables, yo. Yeah. <laughs> it was awful. He yeah. was point of view the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. fucking big and tall and white and they can spot you from a mile away. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so just like sick of restaurant that. Restaurant work you know? is the worst. Restaurant work is the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. You work in a lot of restaurants? I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. I worked at a lot of restaurants since I was a teenager and into into college, but then, like, I, I was like, I am never gonna do this again because it's so demeaning yeah. and you get paid. Like, what kind of restaurants paid, like, was it? Shit, you get treated. I worked at uh, I worked in New York because that's where I'm from. Oh. So New York yeah. City has like, you know, like decent restaurants. Like they take dining out very seriously over there so yeah um i mean i did i did learn a lot when i was younger like i learned about wine and you know food and things like that and i appreciate it i worked at do you know thomas keller he's like this big restaurateur uh, mm -mm. okay so it's it doesn't fucking matter but like there's this dude he's a chef named thomas keller he owns yeah. like a couple of uh like you know four-star restaurants like per se is like a big one french laundry is another one okay oh, okay yeah yeah, Napa yeah valley yeah so he owns like these fucking restaurants and so he had this smaller cafe called bouchon bakery and they had a retail cafe and then they had like an actual dine-in cafe inside the time warner building at columbus circle in new york city and that's where i worked and i I learned a lot. I learned a lot about fine dining and cuisine and all that shit, but I hated working at a restaurant. Also, I'm not a good, like, server. I'm not a good barista. I'm not a good bartender because I hate, like, being hospitable to people, you know? When people yeah. are like, oh, I need something. I'm like, go fuck yourself. I need a lot of things. I hate yeah. <laughs> that I am here. So they would complain about me all the time. They're like, when are you going to fire Grace? Like, can you please fire Grace? Like, she's like the worst. And I just, Grace? I I eventually just quit because like they actually, they had no grounds to fire me. They were just like, oh, you don't smile a lot. And like, you know, you seem really grumpy. And, yeah. You know, some of the staff and like some of the, you know, guests are like scared of you. And <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I've gotten that before. Because like when you're not know. like, happy just like improv people are a good way because they're lying the whole time you oh, know what yeah. i mean like stand up it's kind of like oh you're being yourself you're being honest right you're not it's so, like you can't do that when you're waiting tables because that most of the time you're not fucking happy you're just <laughs> right just fucking yeah okay here's your shit yeah they just want to be deluded it's like yeah. you know they just want to go to fucking universal studios for an hour and you know but you're, <laughs> that's what they want they want you to be yeah. a character they want you to yeah. be some sort of fucking minion in front of them. I know. I know. And you know what? It's not it's not unfair of them to expect that because, you know, when I go out to eat, I do want good service and I do want like a chummy server who isn't a dick, yeah. you know? So like the yeah. expectation is not wrong. It's just 
I am wrong for this business and this industry. Like that yeah. is like vividly clear. And like in my in my 20s, when I was like, I'm not going to do restaurant work anymore. I broke that promise to myself right before the pandemic because I was so strapped for money that, you yeah. know, through another comedian friend, I got a like a hostess job at a ramen place. And yeah, they fired Which one was me it? in like 10 days. 10 days? <laughs> Jinya Ramen. <laughs> What streets it on? I did. I did last two weeks. It was in. It was a downtown LA uh, one, and oh, they fired me. Because it's probably gone they got now. two negative Yelp reviews in like oh, like the whole time that I was there. I don't know. It might still be there. That's pretty good though. I don't know. I don't care. But uh, they they had every right to fire me. Yeah, I yeah. I was the shittiest hostess. People would complain about me constantly. <laughs> it was just like. I'm not made for this job. Why do I keep bothering trying, you know? So I was just like, yeah. all right, I'm never doing this shit again. And I just gave it up. So I don't, I don't it's blame available. you for it's like, hating wrestling you know, it, work. It's easy. It's always there, you know, especially especially in LA. There's five yeah. restaurants in every block, you know? It's not. Yeah. Yeah. And all of them are full of actors. And that's the other stressful yeah. thing, too. Like listening to anxious actors you know complain yeah. about their lives and industry <laughs> stuff it's like shut the fuck up like i i hate talking Dude. to you so yeah i worked at yeah. you know the it used to be i worked at the pizza press on the bray in santa monica you know that where the target okay. is and where all the homeless people hang no. out and there's like a little there used to be a bunch of no i guess like the rent was so high that everyone like moved out there's where the target is on santa monica boulevard okay and I work so it's right next yeah. it's across the street from from Ada for all the all the little little kids acting school right uh-huh. and so a bunch of those kids would work okay. at the pizza press because it's a block from where they live right so it's you've got all these actors and then uh-huh. it was the, <laughs> the funniest okay. shit watching them interact with like the the black dudes from South Central that worked there this kid Dom who's a <laughs> he used to gangbang and he was talking he, one week, like, just the <laughs> problems they had were so different. One week, he came in, I was like, I was like, man, what's up? He's like, he's like, ah, oh, dude, I'm just, he's like, my homie got shot downtown inside this club, man. I was like, it's like, he went home early because he's so yeah. sad because his friend died. And then we got this girl, Jenna, the next day. He's like, I'm just so stressed out right now. I was like, oh, it's good. She's like, oh, just, she's like, my, my director, he lost all our tapes. He lost our tapes. I have nothing to submit now. I was like, oh, God, go talk to Dom. Go fuck it. <laughs> you guys are both having bad weeks, I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, that honestly, that is sort of it, it, there is like kind of like an equalizer kind of thing that does occur within those kinds of spaces. And I appreciate it for that. But God, like service industry is really, really rough. I so like so now you're just in Minnesota and you're doing road stuff and you're just and and you're feeling more comfortable with that. I mean you you're you're constantly working it seems. You're booked all the time. It seems like you're busy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't never have a free weekend, you know, I'm always doing shows and stuff and now like I'm just doing stand up. I'm not fucking working in a restaurant. It's not like I'm making a shit yeah, ton of money. Exactly. But, you know, like yeah. it's very like I'll make $50,000 this year just doing stand up and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 
Yeah, it's good. I don't know. Yeah. It's good. I'm much happier than, but now it sucks because now I'm the dude that everyone in LA is like, he's doing shows. I want to go do road shit. It's like your five minutes <laughs> that you do in LA. He's like, you're going to come do 25 minutes out here for a bunch of hicks? Like, you get the fuck out of here. You're going to talk about buying fucking. The only thing that they can yeah. relate on is getting unpasteurized goat's milk. That's the only thing you can relate to farmers out here. It's <laughs> just. <laughs> You that's you talk about Erwan. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's a, I'll show you my DMs of people you see at open mics that are like, Oh, I'd love to do the rows. Like, oh, fucking I got a Sunday showcase at the improv. No, I can go fucking like that that's how these people think. I'm like and I just every time they message me, I just I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll send you a list of people to hit up. Never fucking send them. They they just keep coming back. It's it's annoying <laughs> as fuck. Like, I didn't even talk to you when I was out there. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, a, that's actually a very LA move, if you think about it, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> when, I think that's also what makes this city very lonely, because it is, a, it's, it's where the industry's at, you know? Like, yeah. I, I treat this city as just an office. I'm like, this is the workspace, this is an office, everybody I meet are basically colleagues, you know? Like, I'm yeah. not gonna take anybody that personally or seriously unless yeah. unless you like up if you, do, you know man. we saved each other's lives or some shit right <laughs> yeah, yeah it, is. it is how long were you in la oh so i did it out here for like nine months in minneapolis and like once i was i maybe i think probably the wiser th- i don't know i can the wiser thing would have been just to like do it out here for a couple of years and then go out there. But I was like, oh, like I was kind of sick of it out here. There's kind of people that were like older comics that kind of like ran the scene that everyone talks shit. shit about now that don't even do stand up and like no one was friends. <laughs> everyone was like, no one, like everyone was like on eggshells. Like it'd be like, yeah. like if you said retarded, like you were done for. Like that was like, you're dead. <laughs> like you're the end of the world. And that was kind of like, like there was like yeah. this is my my buddy Aiden McCall, he's funny as shit. He goes on the road with uh with the fucking the, the come town guys. Like he hangs out with all them and he uh Okay or Nick Mullen, those guys, right? And he moved he did okay. stand up out here for six same thing and he moved to Las Vegas just because he's like, I didn't mm. think I would last out there. You know, there's not mm. he's like he's like, I had a joke where I said the R word and people screamed at me. He's like, I could and he's funny as shit now, and now those same people kind of like Yeah you know, come at him like, oh, do you got spots and shit? It's like, fuck you. I remember you from five years ago yelling at me when I was at an uh, open mic, my third open mic. But now, like, those okay. people are all gone and they all have, like, you know, families or whatever. They moved to L.A. and now they're just social media managers. So L.A., I was out there four or five years. Four or five years. Okay. Yeah. So 2018. I think, uh, I think... Oh, Okay. Well, I mean, no, I thought, I remember seeing you back then. I was like, oh, he's really funny. Like, you definitely had, like, a perspective for sure, which is important. So many L.A. cats don't have perspective, which is annoying. You had perspective, and you also would integrate, like, your personal stories. Like, you know, the bit about your grandmother, like, speaking in tongues and stuff is, like, really, really funny. Oh, yeah. That's, like so specific to you to your experience but it's also specific to like a lot like you know i grew up in the church like a lot of americans grew up in the church and like we've all seen that you know we have relatives yeah you know family members who've done that so it's like so relatable and it's funny you know so i was like oh like he's really funny but um yeah i think la is 
it's just it's the industry town it's like if you if you're like auditioning and you're like trying to get like a writing job or whatever then okay fine this is great but other than that like for just only comedy yeah i don't think la is the best city for it i think maybe new york you know you'll get really good or you know if yeah. you're in a, in a city like minneapolis or even vegas or even phoenix or any city like we'll probably get more stage time more spots and yeah like and it'll probably be friendlier compared to los angeles i think oh yeah it is, it's a so. smaller i mean they does suck because there's like a smaller pool so people are like i mean there's always gonna be like competitive people but like once you do it out once you do it in, in la you just like see how fake people are like people out here have nothing yeah. the demons that live in los <laughs> angeles that you interact with you know what i mean like especially like i remember yeah. like People just assume because like you're good at stand up, or you know, like like if you crush at the open mic, and you probably get this like the like the people that come up after you that just assume you run everything because you do well <laughs> fucking three minutes at the improv. You just get these like plucky yeah. young girls that just moved from Kansas, and they're like, they're like, oh, so like you know what I mean? It's like oh, like I'm not the fucking dude, all right? Fucking, we're this is the patio at seven. Hang out till ten when David Spade's here or something. He can help you. <laughs> yeah 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 well i mean you know with like with those kids it's just like oh they're a little misguided or they're a little naive and you know you just leave it at that but yeah i i actually i'm i'm actually very much in admiration of your your move you know to go back because i mean were you trying to like i don't know were you trying to like book like acting jobs no i didn't do like any of this i didn't do any of the shit you're just... supposed to do in la no <laughs> i was like just doing yeah, four open yeah. mics a night i go from the improv to the hollywood hotel to the clubhouse to the fucking flappers dude I oh just the, spending i make so 70 exhausting. bucks waiting tables and spend 20 of it doing open mics and then <laughs> yeah like that was it i mean it was good like you yeah. feel like you know <laughs> feel tough and you feel like you're doing it but i don't know you just get like old enough you're like i don't need doing yeah. open mics to know people is not productive now you know once you're like comfortable exactly. on stage you don't need to do exactly. stuff like that but oh here's crazy like yeah. the open mics yeah. in minnesota yeah. are fucking they're better than any show in la like the, the open mic at acme did it five minutes too there was 300 people there mm. last night and it's just like you know i mean you're doing like good shit you know may throw out like a new one there uh -huh. but it's hot so hot you know, like, even, like, in, like, I saw a dude, like, he's, like, doing new shit, just, like, he's in between, just, like, I don't know, man. They're like, oh, fuck, I don't know, man. That's wild. They just lose their shit. You tell people about the open mics out here. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's almost different than paying $5. Do you ever do, like, the Hollywood Hotel? Oh, here you ever no, do the Hollywood I, Hotel mic? It just mic? seems too depressing, so. Yeah. Just no, go there. it seemed very depressing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I never bothered. It's just that, like, it just sounded so depressing. Like, nobody ever said nice things about that place. <laughs> so I just never yeah. bothered. But, um. It fine. was. Totally. Um, okay. Well, you know, I, I think, uh, I think to get better at stand-up anyway, like, it's just better to just be on the road, do the road, and, like, yeah. Need a diversity of crowds i think that's just the only way to get better anyhow and that's more fun yeah. anyhow so um i i think your move is 
totally fucking great and excellent and respectable so yeah good for you um are you in minneapolis like where are you in in minnesota i'm in i live in st paul so st paul's like it's on the other side of the river Uh, you know minneapolis is 10 miles away so it's like it's like two hundred thousand people the other of the twins Mm. yes which is my my buddy from kansas city kansas city missouri and kansas city kansas call themselves the twin cities also but oh i didn't know that Mm. i didn't know that either but like doesn't the minnesota minnesota makes more sense right like you're on each side of the river they're just two cities with the same fucking name you don't have two twins (laughs) you're like here's billy and billy my twin children right yeah yeah it makes sense that does make sense actually that's actually a very prudent observation (laughs) yeah He's yeah. like, oh, the real Twin Cities. Like, no, you're not. You're just two cities on each side of the state. You're the same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I have a, I have a very interesting relationship with the state of Minnesota in that I have never physically been to Minnesota. It's on my list. I would love to go to Minnesota, but I've never yeah. physically been there. But I have hooked up with two guys from minnesota one was from oh, st really? paul the other was from minneapolis yeah okay and they were both uh, what's the better city based off people. of the experience <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh i would say uh if i base off of it though if, if i base my judgment off of those two guys both cities are shitty cities yeah they're terrible cities <laughs> um minneapolis has a way bigger cock i'll say that uh that's true <laughs> But, but I hate the demographics it. I hate it of the, the city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I hated having sex with him. And the other one, um, he was such an asshole, like so toxic, but like the sex was way better. <laughs> so that's uh that's my impression of St. Paul. No, you're from St. Yeah. Paul. They, usually they're yeah. They're nice boys out here. Or actually, you know what? He's he's not from St. Paul, he's from Edina. Yeah. Oh, that makes so. sense. Yeah, you said like toxic. That's like because that's the suburbs. That's very like yeah. So that's super wealthy. Edina's where, like, I don't. You should always think yeah. of it's like the richest kids that live out here. That's mm-hmm. where like all like the like yes. all the Vikings players, all like the wild, all the mm-hmm. anyone that's plays on a sports team, yep. like that's where they all live. So that's that's probably yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. This this kid was from Edina. His dad was a doctor uh he himself you can find him what's his last name his dad where i could find where he practices i could drive there now down <laughs> 20 minutes away no, I, I don't i don't want to i've already revealed so much this is like the most <laughs> i've revealed on a podcast like really? ever oh my gosh oh, yeah i feel I like, I'm, like i'm holding guys, back what you think <laughs> i've slept with on my podcast before not really not so much this is like very specific you know i'm like naming cities i'm naming things yeah. like I, I don't do that usually do you get but them... it's like uh, because of the the experience with these dudes like it's like minnesota's always been like a helicoptering thing in my consciousness or subconsciousness and i want to go there i want to go there and like see the cities i want to do spots it's there great. It's i actually i applied summer. That's what everybody says. It's beautiful in the summer. I hear it's a great city to bike in. Minneapolis is a great city for oh, biking. Yeah. yeah. But I hear the winters are very rough. Your last name's Hansleben. Is that German or what is that? Uh, it's 
German, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's another thing about Minnesota. All the Germans move there. The Germans. And my my mom's family is they're from Iceland. And so like we still have like cousins oh. in Iceland that like my aunts and uncles will go like visit and stuff. So it's very Oh, that's amazing. Wait, did yeah, did, cool. did you go to Iceland and, and No, I didn't. My, my uncle went. No. I want to. I don't know. I was too busy at hanging out at the Hollywood Hotel getting yelled at the bartender <laughs> for bringing in outside liquor <laughs> no go 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 to go to iceland if you go to iceland i could put you in touch with icelandic comedians who do stand up really there and they're really they're really cool people that's been my biggest yeah. thing it's like i'm gonna <laughs> oh, travel yeah okay yeah go to go to fucking Reykjavik. yeah they do have, like, it go there stuff. go there in the summer Grace yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to Reykjavik. Uh, I went to Reykjavik in 2015, I think, summer 2015. Yeah. And oh my God, it's so beautiful. I was like, this place is fucking magic town. It's like, you know, uh, like when you see like fairy tale video games or movies, and it's like, like, yeah. like, oh my God, it's like overwhelming. But it was like, like real, you know, <laughs> it's like the landscape is actually like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Go, yeah, go there. These, I you got family there. Like I read like an interview with like Bjork, and she said that like her biggest like influence, like who are your biggest influences in music? She's like, oh, just the sounds of Iceland. And she's like, oh, the way the wind sounds is way more. It's the most beautiful thing. So I try to sing like that. <laughs> Isn't there yeah. only like fifty thousand people there too? Right. A lot. There's a lot of uh. There's a lot of like unknown incest that goes on in Iceland for sure because of that problem. And um, I have a friend there named Ava and she, her yeah. mom's from Thailand. So she knows that she is not of incest, but she was like, I have friends yeah. and I have family members who accidentally fucked one another's cousins because the population is so small. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you don't have That's that like problem Mexico. because you're, we're like north state. so like most of my family was in north yeah it's like because it's like the, about the, the same population it's probably half a million people total live there the whole state okay and so like everyone like knows each other like you just be like like oh you're hanging something like oh my cousins are this this you know like you know this guy this guy and then there's so yeah. so like i went to church with my uh -huh. my aunt joanne there's a, I, the icelandic side so like they still they left iceland still have the inbreeding problem and <laughs> we were at church and there was some some farmer came up like me and my brothers were there right so i got three brothers we all looked about the same and he he's like my daughters are looking for husbands and they'd like to meet your boys and he like presented his daughters to us and i was like oh no, no. like i would i would ruin your life i'm not you're looking for like <laughs> A farmer like i live in i live in, I live in los angeles and I, I wait tables this is not at all what, what you want oh my gosh wow yeah you talk about farm work too a little bit like you have a very like earthy sort of you know uh like rural kind of backdrop it seems like which i can also relate to because i my parents are hicks like korean hicks from yeah. korea and yeah were you talking about, what was your mom just doing wasn't she just doing something with like fish 
Wait, you say she'd like go? <laughs> no, no, no. My, my, because my mom grew up on a farm. Whenever she goes yeah. out to like the ocean or the mountains, like she'll go foraging and hunting for food. Like that's just like in her yeah. to go and do. Yeah, so she'll do that. But yeah, like you know. When I was a toddler, my parents would leave me at my grandparents' house, like on the farm in Korea, and um, like I grew up with like pigs and like chickens and cows, and like went to pick carrots and radishes and stuff. And yeah, like I, I actually, it's like very idyllic kind of memory for me personally. So yeah, another thing to appreciate about farm life, which I think is <laughs> awesome and it's honest, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't, like, my grandparents had a farm. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like I was, like, mm -hmm. like there's people out here that would be, like, you fucking city motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, I'd just, like, do uh, shit with my grandpa in the summer and fucking, like, yeah. cut down trees and, like, yeah. you know, like, they had, like, raspberry bushes. But wasn't bushes it fun? Like, like, didn't you kind of enjoy it? Yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad I grew up like that. Instead of just, like, <laughs> yeah, being inside too. all fucking, you know what I mean? And just, like, having, yeah. like, you know, like, in, like video game-induced autism. It's like, I can't even imagine... <laughs> How you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. hereditary. You just get it from just fucking not socializing with people. That's it. That's mm. where <laughs> That's an interesting. I, I think you can. Yeah. I think it is hereditary also, or like fucking environmentally induced. But I do think you can just sure. like force someone to be autistic because they're not yeah, doing yeah. anything. They yeah. don't know how they interact yeah. with people. Like I get so fucking anxious, and they're like, "Why?" Because you just haven't like been outside in the world. Like just leaving. Yeah. Yeah. You know, makes you. No. I think I think there's some truth to that. Well, I mean, I, I, I was, like, reading all these books about, like, trauma and stuff, and, like, they were basically saying that sometimes, like, symptoms that seem like autism are actually not yeah. autism, but it's actually, like, trauma-related or, or whatever. So I think, yeah, they're environmentally, it, it can be, it can be um, <clears throat> reflective of similar symptoms, I think, for sure. Um, okay, well, I, I do this thing on my podcast with all of my guests. And um, we didn't go too deep into your life, but you know what, dude? Like, you're a busy dude, and <laughs> you're a working comic now. And I want to, I want to respect your time. So, let's just uh, let's dive into this. So, uh, the show that I'm talking about on this episode is called Queen Maker, and it's on Netflix. And uh, okay. it's actually a very, very good K drama. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you questions based on this show. Like, if you were this character in this situation, what would you do? And you just riff. That's okay. all you do. Super fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get into it. Let's say you're a woman named Tohi, and you're a PR strategy planner for a major corporate conglomerate called, called Unsung Group. The younger daughter of Unsung Group is named Cheryong. And Cheryong is the director of a huge department store. Okay. And she manages all these staff members. But there were these videos that people took of her in staff meetings where she would, like, scream, throw tantrums, hit people. It's, like, outrageous, okay? Super abusive. And these videos got leaked, all right? And you are responsible for maintaining her public image. What do you do? I get someone in the board meeting and I bury them, right? <laughs> what you did, like you blame it on someone else? <laughs> yeah, okay. That's it. That's right? it. I don't know. Isn't that the, <laughs> no, that the doctrine of, of Trump? Like, <laughs> they were. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I mean, mm-hmm. that's usually the move that they take. So, okay, very good. All right, let's say you're the same woman. You're Tohi again. You're that same PR strategy lady, okay? Your Tohi? client. Tohi. Tohi, yeah. D-O-H-E-E. So you're oh, okay. that same client, Cheryang, the abusive lady. She's married to a man named Jaemin, okay? And Jaemin used to be a news anchor, all right? But now he wants to run for mayor. He wants to be the mayor of Seoul. That's what he wants to be. Jimin files a complaint against one of your staff members named Isu, saying that she's threatening to call Me Too on him for rejecting her after having a one-night stand with her with him. Okay. But Isu has a different story. She says that Jimin called her to his hotel room for a food delivery, and then he raped her. All right. But you show Isu fabricated text messages that make it seem like she was hitting on Jimin and then she eventually like was trying to blackmail him, okay? And you and you and Isu both know that these text messages are fake. You both know it. But nonetheless, you fire her, all right? You dismiss her. And and that's done with. But one day, that woman that you fired Isu, she throws herself off a building and commits suicide. What do you do? All right. Uh, uh, we get a doctor to say that, that he had diagnosed her a lot with, with anti, for antipsychotics, right? Like she's, she's predisposed to schizophrenia and we plant marijuana. Okay. She wasn't taking her pills, but she was smoking a lot of weed and it brought the schizophrenia to the top of her head and uh-huh. she had an episode uh-huh. and she jumped out the window, right? That's, that's what I would do. Oh. I don't <laughs> Is that right? Wow. Like, Framer, yeah. someone no, just you're went actually... off her pills and she took a hit of weed and went crazy. <laughs> yeah, That's what happens to people. Someone a... told me that happened to someone. <laughs> you, you would actually be a really great PR strategy planner person. Yeah. I mean, uh, you should reconsider your Really? Your Is that a good answer? Career. Okay. <laughs> that was a really like, good what answer. What do people okay. usually say for Let's these say... things? Yeah. No, but I mean, you know, like, it's like, you know, what would you do if you were this person? So it's fine. It's totally fine. Okay. Let's say you're the same woman again. You're Tohi again. Okay. You okay. confront Jaemin and you ask him, did you rape Isu? And he says, yes, I did. But he shows zero remorse for what he's done. And he also says that he would like to ask you to be his campaign manager when he's running for mayor. And when you say no, he fires you. What do you do? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. I go to whoever his opposition is, right? Tell him that story. I've been recording it the whole time. (laughs) I don't know why that didn't happen. (laughs) Can I just throw in? No, actually, this happened. (laughs) Yeah, and I have all all this shit on him, right? I run against him. We We just switch teams. That's all we do. We go Stormy uh-huh. Daniels, all right? All yeah. right, Trump. Okay, <laughs> this is... All right, we're showing the tapes, all right, buddy? This is, yeah. Mm. I'm just... Okay, I'm, just yeah. in, <laughs> I'm just throwing the answers okay. from Trump's life and how people <laughs> have fought him. Okay, very good. All right. So let's say you're Tohi again, all right? Same woman. The chairwoman yeah, of... <laughs> The chairwoman of Eunsung Group is somebody that you've been serving hand and foot for 
many years, okay? And for your dedication, the chairwoman rewarded you with a new Maserati. She offered you a VIP hospital room for your sick dad, all right? And she was, like, very generous with you, okay? But after you get fired from Unsung Group, she takes away your car, and she kicks your dad out of the hospital, and your dad wanders off into a street somewhere, gets into an accident, and he dies. What do you do? I'm going to blame the hot. Oh, okay, wait. So I got fired. Okay, so this is all we're – I'm trying to get back at Insung Group somehow, right? <laughs> oh, dude. You, you got fired, and then they took away all the spoils, and your dad died as a result. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is it? Can, did I? Do I have an NDA with Insung Group? Can I just leak everything? Is retribution? I just fucking. <laughs> can I just yeah. make a dossier? Just give it to who's Insung Group's opposition. Who hates Insung Group? <laughs> right? Who's actually that? That never comes up. <laughs> Who can I give it They're to? Like, they... oh, okay. So you would you would make you would make plans to enact revenge? Essentially, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Totally get back at them. Yeah, that's okay. I. All right. Like if there's if there's someone is there like I don't know if it's the RNC is there a DNC I can go to and be like hey I got this info about <laughs> about mm. Insung Group right <laughs> and yeah. you're do whatever you yeah. want with this right and then all okay. of a sudden it's on Korean Fox News and it's all <laughs> yeah. over right <laughs> yeah 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 okay okay yeah no it's this all seems logical yeah very good okay. Let's say you're a different woman now, all right? We're changing your character. Let's say you're a woman named Kyungsook, okay? You are a human rights attorney fighting for the rights of marginalized people everywhere, all right? So there were these part-time workers who were unjustly fired from the department store owned by Unsung Group. And one day, the PR head of Unsung Group, Tohi, who you despise... All right, because of all of her, you know, corrupt ways, she comes to you and she says that she would like you to run for mayor of Seoul and she wants to be your campaign manager. But you are very well aware of all the corrupt things that Puhi has done for the Unsung family. But she says she wants to make things right in her life by making a human rights lawyer like you the mayor of Seoul. What do you do? Okay, I do. Can be like, hey, like treat the workers better. Right, and then I'll work for you if you do this. And then you put little upgrades for the factories, and then mm. right, you change it from the inside, right? Oh, yeah, we're gonna change hearts yeah. and minds by saying "fuck you, do he?" It's just <laughs> like we—I don't know—you wouldn't get anywhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Very good. Okay. Let's say you're you're the same uh, human rights attorney lady, Kyung Suk. Okay. You've decided to run for mayor with Tohi's help, all right? You need a lot of funds for your mayoral campaign, but she keeps setting you up in meetings with these corporate lobbyists, all right? And that that's totally against your ethics. But your campaign is very expensive and very small compared to your competitors. What do you do? You know what? I'm just going to I'm going to remain small. <laughs> like I can't even say that seriously. Like I don't know. You just got to become what you hate, all right? And all of a sudden, you're you're lobbying for the rights of workers, and then, so that they can become rich and evil too. 
That's what you want. Oh, okay. You want the Yeah. Yeah. Let everybody win. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's say uh let's say you're the same attorney. All right, you're Kyungsook again. You've decided that your whole okay. I mean no, I'm sorry. You dedicated your whole life to human rights, all right? And that requires a lot of time away from your family, right? Your husband, he's very supportive, but he's the one that's like taking care of everything. Your son, who's a teenager, he resents you because you're never around. One day, your son beats up another kid in school. And this gets leaked in the press and makes you look like a shitty parent, makes your son look like a shitty kid, all right? Everybody hates you and your family now. The parents of the kid who got beaten up by your son, they want to press charges. The school wants to expel your kid, all right? There's a lot of drama. But later, you find out that the reason why your son beat up that other boy is because that kid posted photos of your face superimposed onto a half-naked woman and like put that all over the internet what do you do uh i do what the biden family does i just say uh my kid's a drug addict and he's in recovery (laughs) and (laughs) and he's painting now he's doing much better he's he's put down the crack pipe he's doing watercolors now also why is he And my kid, he is clearly has rage issues. Like he has, if he's getting mad, he's like. Also, how does he know I don't have big honking tits? All right, this is. Yeah, that's a pretty good Photoshop. If he's getting mad over it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Very good. Let's say uh, now you're a different woman. You're a much younger woman. You're a sexier, hotter lady. Your name is Chiyun. And you used to be Tohi's protege. You were her protege. You were mm-hmm. Tohi's apprentice. But when Tohi got fired, you replaced Tohi as the head of Unsung's PR department. Okay, but you're currently having an affair with Chemin, the guy who's running for mayor. And Chemin is not only a husband, but he's also a father to two young daughters of his own. You are now pregnant with Chemin's kid. What do you do? Do uh blackmail him, make him raise the kid, buy me a house. Uh, yeah. He doesn't have to be in the kid's life as long as my life is mm. made, right? He can pay for it. Give me a house. Give yeah. me, uh, get me, you know, a Bentley. Just put me mm. up. I don't have. You don't have to interact with it. I won't say anything. I'll sign an NDA as long as the build bills are paid for. Yeah. Right? Wow. You have a you have a really excellent mind for being a corrupt woman, actually, Connor. That's, <laughs> That's all I am is a corrupt woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, very good. All right, we're almost done. Let's say let's say you're Kyungsook again. You're that attorney lady. All right. During your mayoral campaign, a woman named Hwasu gives a press conference falsely accusing you of embezzling funds from grassroots donations. Hwasu used to be one of your clients, and she was a very dear friend. But now she's standing on your opponent's side. What do you do? I mean, she's my friend. It's, I don't. I keep saying this. Leak all her info. Just put it out in the public. 
any dirty laundry I have, any boyfriend she had in middle school, whatever she did. There's, there's pictures of her smoking dope. I'm gonna say it's, I'm gonna say she's smoking crack, but she's just smoking. Just make her look bad. You can just put this shit out there. Someone will believe it. Some side will yeah. join up with it, and they'll hate her. It doesn't matter okay. if it's right or wrong. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's there. So people mm-hmm. think that forever. You just say it one day, no one's checking back the next day. If it's right or wrong. All right? Look at Kyle Rittenhouse. Everyone thinks he killed black people. He, it's, 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 yeah. okay. No, no. People still think that. We're going to do the same yeah. thing to her. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow, you're a very vindictive woman. So I know how these things work. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did you really? No, you're kidding, right? No, no. (laughs) Yeah, I'm joking. I didn't. All right, all right. Last, no, but actually, I I could actually see you working for CNN. Like, all the things that, you know, you would say, they are kind of, like, in line with the way that the story was going. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. He's actually... (laughs) kind of on point okay last last question let's say you're timian you're that sole mayoral corrupt dude impregnating bitches everywhere it gets revealed in the press that isa the young woman who committed suicide uh Mm -hmm. it gets revealed that you pushed her off the building and there's a recording a file recording of you having done that it's also revealed that you sexually assaulted her. All right. All of these things get revealed. It's in a voice recording. All right. And now everybody knows. Everybody knows that it's you who's done this. And it's all over the media, all over the media. In addition to that, you find out that your own father, who was at one point a politician, he was coerced into suicide by the man who is currently managing your current mayoral campaign. What do you do? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know where the win. Right? I oh, do I have any info I can snitch? Can I snitch? Who can I snitch on? Who's done? There's nothing because I'm the t- right? I have nowhere to turn. This is I'm dead. Yeah, it's over, bro. Like, yeah, I'm taking a I'm going to pick up the pills that I planted on that bitch and I'm going to swallow them myself. All right, that's what her oh. psychotic she wasn't taking. <laughs> so I'm dead. That's it. I wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm Suicide. ODing. I'm ODing in the bathroom. Yeah, I'm putting on I'm going to put some music they would never oh. think of. I'm putting on Pantera. All right, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm rocking all night <laughs> into the abyss. Everything goes dark. What would be your ends. What would be your last meal? My last meal? Oh. Mm. Yeah. I'm a Korean man. Like, what would be... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're Korean, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's... it's... What's funny is that uh, to say that Koreans love fried chicken doesn't sound racist, but it does sound racist to say that black people love fried chicken. Isn't that funny? It's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> even though, I, even though, like, I don't, it is such a weird thing because I have something like, like every, I don't know, it's, it's a universal thing. You could say that about every race now. You know, the Koreans are yeah. onto it. 
Because it's like every like yeah. like every like country song is a way to think about how much you love fried chicken, right? You say the same thing. Oh, <laughs> but, you know what I mean? It's like it's also like every other like genre. Everyone likes it. It's universal now. J- Japan, yeah. there's KFCs all over the fucking place. Maybe like Europeans yeah. don't like it, but they're like it's, it's so weird. greasy, it's dirty, you know? Like they're above that. But yeah, yeah. Whereas this is yeah. the post-racial society we live in. <laughs> Yes, where there is universal. Yeah, so I eat fried chicken and then eat some pills. (laughs) 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 Yeah, go going out Korean style. Very good.